0: Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan.
1: Hello, friends. It has been, I feel like, a minute since we have talked about our other businesses that Abigail and I run I think that's the first time I've said your full name in like a year. That was weird. (laughs) (laughs) And we thought it was high time for a little update because not only does Abby have something new and exciting that she's just launched. By the time you hear this, it'll be out for a minute. So we're going to talk about that. But I, I do think that there have been some decisions that we've made very intentionally in our side businesses that we wanna just kinda of break down the logistics behind it and the reason why we are making those choices. And, you know, I think we share these things with you, first of all, cause it's just fun to chat about, right? It's just like kinda of coffee date with me and Abby, just brainstorming and hashing out our other businesses. But I think it's also really fair for you guys to hear this part of the process because not only does it get you a look behind the curtain of something that's new and growing and not something that's already established. But it also, I feel like shows you the reality of what a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners have. And that's multi passions, right? And how can you actually set something up in a way that works for your life and your family and the job that you already have in love, meaning like your first business, right? So anyways, we're just going to Hash it all out today. Yeah. So, what's your
0: new thing, first of all? First of all, okay. So, for some background, I started my blog Simply Home several years ago and initially put a really big emphasis on health and wellness. And while that's still a huge passion of mine, it's just not the season of life I'm in right now. Like, the, the year I was like heavily blogging and doing all that, like my husband and I were on a weight loss journey and we lost a hundred pounds that year. And we started a group program to help other people lose weight. And it was amazing. And I would, I would do it all over again, the heartbeat, but a lot of things about my life have changed. And thus my business just, I could have kept going. But I felt the need to adjust my business to better reflect the season of life that I'm in. And so we kind of blew it up. And instead of it being just health and wellness, it's more of a lifestyle company. At this point, we moved to a brand new house, well, brand new to us, house uh, last fall And I started sharing more about our home and our renovations and everything we were going through. And so I fully anticipate that will become a bigger part of the blog that already exists and the business that already exists. But what I had not addressed in the shift, like I changed my content, but the way and the what of what I was selling hadn't. Really gone through an evolution. And so, one of the things I've been looking at, and I think everyone should take a minute to address at various stages, is how much effort are you putting into something versus the return you're getting? And I had built an over six figure business with, by the way, like less than 4,000 followers on Instagram. basically non-existent email list because even though I started one guys I I don't even remember the last time we sent an email okay and I was maintaining that but the amount I was earning or taking home on those sales it just didn't add up for me anymore it didn't add up for the amount of effort I was putting into it and the amount I was able to take home from that effort and so I started what is is still under my umbrella company. It's still under Simply Home, but it has its own brand. Um, I started Fond Print Co. with my sister, and we are selling digital art for your home. It includes vintage reproductions and original illustrations at a really affordable price so everyone Can enjoy it. Everything's for now like a print from home model. So you get your downloadable files. You can either print at your house or you can use like an online service and either pick it up or have it shipped to your home. And the reason though, I think, well, regardless of what I'm selling, I think the reason I decided to go down that path is the important takeaway here. And it's that I wanted. To put in the same amount of effort I was putting in before, but keep a larger percentage of the revenue. Because, you know, we talk about profit and all this stuff in Boss Project, but when you're talking about building your own business, you really need to think about what percentage of sales are you keeping. And the interesting part of the way Simply Home has evolved is. A lot of what I do is as an influencer. And th- that means that a lot of my sales are actually from direct sales or affiliate sales, or occasionally a brand partner deal. But usually that means you're repping someone else's product, you're talking about someone's el someone else's company, and you're backing it up with your own like belief system or whatever you have to say about it, right? In general, it's really hard to keep a large percent of that sale. I think uh, for a a fantastic, I, and I'm saying fantastic affiliate program, you would be ecstatic to be making up to 25%. But I think 15 to 25% is probably the money uh, shot for that. But if you start thinking about it, okay, if I'm going to make $1,000 in sales, keeping 15% of that means you only get 150 bucks when everything is said and done versus if you had your own product and you controlled your own pricing and you obviously you still have costs. It doesn't take away the fact that it takes money to list your thing. But if you keep your costs low could you keep 80%? I don't know. So that's the long story long. (laughs) (laughs) about That's the seven minute version. (laughs) Of uh, shifting that. But I kind of want to jump into that conversation on a deeper level. If you're looking at what you are selling, and we're talking about keeping a percent, keeping a margin you know, depending on what you're selling, there's just so many different facets to look at. And I know for you, Emily, you still have a high margin business, but you have intentionally made some choices to have a bit of a higher end product in your handmade category. And thus you do have higher costs because you're creating a premium experience. Can you talk to me a bit more about that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, when I Launched my shop. And if you guys aren't familiar, it's just emilywilliams.com. Started off with polymer clay earrings. I have since launched stuff working with resin, a couple of trinket things, a couple of trays, and then charm bracelets and bangles. And for the longest time, I structured my shop in in a very small inventory sellout model, which I love. I still use to this day. Big, big fan. But it seemed to me that there was really only one other way that that makers in my community were going. And that was, yes, having the sellout model because that worked and that built hype and you saw an influx of sales for that day. But... What do you do on all the other days of the month when you're not launching? And so what uh, what everyone else was doing was creating inventory of what they already sold and just having it in their like backup inventory, right? So they would find their best sellers or, you know, their things that like they think that they could move to someone who maybe didn't know them that well and have them always available in their shop, either on made to order, or they would like make a set amount and have them available for that month for some reason, I just didn't like that. I had kind of tried it in a couple different ways. And it just really didn't work. My people really are just like, I just want to buy when there's new stuff. And like, that's the burst of energy that I really liked. And I had no still have no intention on making this shop my full time job or my only job. So I can and I'm afforded the the space to play a little bit different and to make decisions in a little bit different ways. And so One of those led me to, okay, well, if the purpose at the end of the day is to have something available always for people to buy, and I don't want to make it earrings because that's still me making the thing and then hoping that it sells, what else could that be? And so I had wanted, you know, to launch a new offer for a while. I just didn't know what our new product, I didn't know what it was. And charm bracelets and bangles came and I'm freaking obsessed with them. They are very much higher end. So we're talking 14, 24 karat gold pieces, gemstones, cubic zirconias, opals, like nice, nice materials. And so higher cost, which enables me to keep my high profit margins. But it's something that I can order the supply, I can have it on hand, I still don't order a ton. But if you buy one today, I can make it tomorrow and send it out to you. And that has tremendously helped my, first of all, my average order value has gone up. It's one more thing for me to sell to my people who are already buying. And it's something that I now can promote on a long-term basis on Pinterest, or maybe if I wanted to do an ad or have something to always talk about in between me launching things. So it's like, you know, carried sales weight throughout the month, which has been really helpful. I
0: am curious, since you've trained your audience on a sellout model, so you have these specific launch days, you have these days that people are anticipating that I got to be in my computer, I have to log in at this exact time, there is minutes to purchase. Now that you have a product that's always available, I know you're not like, I mean, because i pay attention to your marketing. You're not always be like, oh, it's still in the shop or it's a, it's live or whatever. Have you noticed that you are getting more consistent sales outside of those windows or is it really only when you're talking it up?
1: Yeah. I mean, the majority of my sales still hands down come on restock day, like 100%. However, it has been very interesting and really cool where there will be like, I'll wake up to a sale in the morning of a bangle. And like, that's crazy to me. Like that, uh, the ability to sell that thing wasn't there just a couple of months ago. And there are times now when I might have still like a tiny, tiny bit of inventory of earrings left from a restock. Previously, I would either take it down after restock day, because I have like a bunch of orders I need to prep now. Shop is like, quote unquote, closed, and it will open again on restock but i was like let me just leave those in there and see if someone is going to buy a bracelet and a pair of earrings or like how that actually works and that's happened so someone will come in and grab a pair of earrings and then they'll add a charm bracelet or whatever it might be and so it's it's fluctuated i definitely think that there are some some ways that i need to integrate it into my marketing better but there's definitely been there hasn't been a week gone, that's gone by now that i haven't made a sale And I think that that's really cool.
0: No, that is exciting for sure. I that threshold of like hitting that level of consistency is just such an exciting time for any business. And I, it's weird because in a lot of ways I feel like I'm starting over, even though I'm not starting over. Like I didn't let go of anything I was previously doing. I'm just like putting my time and attention elsewhere. I'm still maintaining. I don't know eight to ten thousand dollars a month in sales, but I just make a smaller percentage of those, and so, like this is still running over here, so let me put my time and attention on this new thing, and I am in so for context, when you're listening to this, the shop will have been open for over a month, but as of recording we're just a couple of days away for, before launch. And so I haven't, I mean, I have courses that I'm used to the idea of always being available, but the thought of running a shop that for now I don't intend to it for always to it, to be all digital. Like that's not, I want to have a physical product shop. I want to sell physical goods and mail them and like love on people But for starting out, having things that are digital and always available is just a weird feeling. It's exciting for sure, but also I just know that I have to put a sense of urgency on it. And I made some pretty big strategic decisions to not do certain things that I know could impact that consistency. So I could have started this business or this side of my business on Etsy easily, but I didn't like the price point of what other people were selling their products for in a similar category. And the unfortunate thing about Etsy is it, it just, I mean, could you list premium things? Absolutely. But if you want that organic sale, where someone's like searching for a specific thing and they're, they're shopping Etsy. They're not shopping your shop. Like they're looking at everyone's listings in a certain category. Unless you're price competitive, you're just going to get passed over. Especially because Etsy is so helpful for their
1: shops and shows you similar items beneath the listing from other people's shops.
0: Yeah, which I mean... I definitely know that, like, if you wanted to dive deep into that and, like, really get into it, and I I definitely thought about it. Could I, like, blitz the market and come out with hundreds of products at a super low price point? Yes, but I just didn't want to. I wanted to create a more premium experience, and it's still not as premium as I could be. There are people I can't even... It's just mind-blowing to me. There are people in the same product category who include the, like, printing and framing aspect that are selling some of these things for, shit you not, like, $700 to $1,500. That's where I want you to be. Like, I'm like, I wish you had started
1: there, honestly.
0: I 100% could see... So... And this is the hard part is like bridging the gap of where I started. And like, if I'm selling to the person who's just getting their home off the ground and they're just starting their life with their spouse and blah, blah, blah. The kinds of things I could afford for my home was just totally different then, as opposed to where it is now. And I think there's certain things I would pay a premium for now and certain things, I still would go for the cheaper version. And I don't know. I could Will it evolve? Will I have higher-end products? Absolutely. I just don't know what those will be yet. So I'm still, in some cases, 4 to 10x higher than the Etsy equivalent. But I'm
1: the... Ch- I just find it interesting, and I'll, I'll just... It'll be really cool to see how it unfolds, is... Will your audience and marketing have to completely change when and if you decide to offer the physical version of the thing, even if you're not doing framing? Because I feel like there's like a three-phase way of doing this, right? Where it's digital downloads and then, okay, no, you can actually just order it printed and then you order it printed and framed, right? Those are... You don't have to do all of those. But it's interesting to me because like the person who's a buyer of digital downloads, yes, can overlap, but is not necessarily the same person who wants to buy it printed and definitely not the same person who's going to buy it framed. And so I'll just see... It'll be interesting to see how that evolves.
0: So it's, it's weird because I was not... I didn't intend to start <laughs> this aspect of my business. And so when I decided to make the decision to just do it, I did not do a ton of research about what else was out there before I started. I just like jumped into it. Like, and, but in the evolution of like putting it all together, I did start looking around a bit more. And it's super interesting to me what, what else is out there because there's people doing what I'm exactly doing and they, they print it and they, they sell it as if it were high-end archival like like you're going to an art gallery to purchase this piece even though it's a freaking print y'all and I just didn't want that like uppity feeling about it I, I think if we do higher end print and I, you know don't hold me to it guys okay this is still the very beginning stages I could freaking change my mind but I don't know I didn't like where some of that landed. I think if we're gonna do higher end stuff, I would rather it be not prints. So, like, I would rather it be like paintings that like actually have paint on them and not just pictures of paintings. And and I don't foresee long term just being art. Like while that's where we're starting, I see long term having more home decor lighting even like wallpaper and textiles, but I don't know. We'll see. It's it's so hard to say because it's one of those it's one of those odd categories where you can go deep or wide. And until I know how my audience reacts to it, I don't know if deep or wide makes sense. But also I know we did a whole episode on like intentionally keeping your business small. I could go deep without a lot of additional cost to my business. Like I could create a a wide inventory of the same niche of product, but the wider I go in the variety of things I offer, will just dramatically increase costs and require more people to put the thing out into the world. So I think it'll just kind of depend on how it evolves. But I think the cool part and probably the part I'm most excited about is because I have this background and I hate calling myself an influencer because I'm just not, I'm a bad influencer, you guys definitely have a following for sure. And people that will like, buy whatever I put in front of them. That's not the problem. But I just don't like the rap they get. But because I'm in this world, I know a lot of other people in this world. And the cool part about my product is the people that I would consider maybe I I don't even want to say competition, but like other people who are also doing what I'm doing in the influencer world are actually potential clients for my product business. And because they're influencers, they can influence their audience to buy my product. And so I'm excited about like how it all weaves together.
1: Yeah. I also think it's really funny that you went and started a business with someone else again.
0: So I, that was an, a direct intention of mine to not do. <laughs> so I know, I know. So, and that's an interesting kind of thing. And I'm happy to kind of talk about it a sec. I, for real, I like swore up, down, left, right. No way, no how, not happening, blah, blah, blah. But before Emily and I even worked together, I have easily for the last 10 years probably since my sister and I were children have tried to convince my sister to start a business with me and we the the cool part is that we just have such different talents and that's what really excites me she's a very talented designer and illustrator and while I think I'm a decent designer <laughs> i think i'm a ultimately, a better marketer and salesperson. And so while I'm 100%, especially at this stage, super involved in picking new pieces and putting together collections and putting stuff out there, I think long term, we're going to hit a groove where she's way more focused on what's coming. And I'm way more focused on how to sell it. after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's m-o-n-a-r-c-h slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. But you're right. I didn't intend to go into a partnership. I just think it was like a... You gotta you got to make your promise on that thing you told your sister you'd do a decade ago. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think it'll be interesting. It doesn't feel quite like a partnership even though it is just because there's just like this like complete flow between family and like our life together and then this business, but it's also so new. So like, I don't know long-term what it will do. You know, Jared and I have, my husband have worked together for over, over two years. Oh gosh. I don't even know. I can't even remember when he left corporate and it didn't affect our marriage as much as I expected it to. So because of that, I was less worried that it was going to like change the dynamic between her and I as sisters. But ultimately, it was a choice, just because I did think she brought a lot to the table for what the business could do.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I was, you know, when I started my thing, it was, I didn't even know what it would be yet. But I think what led my drive to even explore starting something was that desire to have something that was fully my own. And where I have like, every creative decision is on me. And, you know, that I I didn't want to have to check in with anyone. Not that I don't like doing it here. I just didn't want to have to do that twice, basically. Um, and it it's really nice. There There's definitely parts that I Like I was like, Oh, I could use some accountability over here for this thing or like, but I also still think because you and I have obviously are still in business together and have no desire to separate. Don't, don't hear that in this conversation. We kind of, you know, we've done this for years, even before our side businesses, but we'll pick up the phone or we'll text each other and be like, can we have a a friend conversation? Or can we talk about this coming at it from friends instead of business partners? And now I think there's a cool new layer of, Hey, can I talk to you about my side business as as a friend and not as boss project co-founder person. And so we'll have, you know, just shoot the shit brainstorming talks. What would you do here? How would you think about this? And that's fun
0: too. No, for sure. And I'm excited to see, what the long term impacts of all that is. Because, you know, I could be naive and say, there's a 100% separation between this business and that and what I do over here and that and our relationship here and blah, blah, blah. But you know what, at the end of the day, like, you can't ignore the fact that I am one person. And while I have multiple interests, how it like feeds in one to the other. I do have an advantage because I've run a business for five years. And even if I'm not using the email list or like right. abusing. We're going to start spamming person. you guys with our products so hard. No, <laughs> even though like I respect a lot of those boundaries, I can't be naive to a lot of my customers over the years have been people who've discovered us here so I don't know what I really want you guys to get out of this more than anything is you a you can evolve (laughs) and you can pursue things and that doesn't make the decisions you made previous like less than or whatever like I struggled hardcore with like am I just ignoring this entire thing that I built over here and it's like, no, I'm not like people respect that you grow and change and evolve. And that's totally fine. But in a lot of ways, because I made such a dramatic shift in the kind of content I'm sharing and the thing, the products I am selling, there is a lot of areas in which it is, it is starting over in that regard. Do I think there's going to be crossover with clients or customers? hundred percent. Like I fully anticipate a lot of the people that have supported me before will support me again. But I also want you guys thinking about when you start looking at what you're selling, if things change over time, you can't ignore your margins on a product. Like we talk about margins on your business, (laughs) but this is a margins on a product discussion.
1: The amount of people who don't even... Like, not even ignore, but they're just like, don't even think that they exist.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just, and they're
1: just it, starting.
0: You know, and th- I think that's an important piece of like why you are doing what you're doing. Sure, I, I think you might have started it adding these additional things because you felt it filled the void so that you could have products available between launches. But to me, it's a margins thing. And while margins i think traditionally and primarily are thought of in terms of dollar bills i think for you a lot your margin may be very similar in terms of dollars but in terms of time some of these new products you're adding on cost you so much less of your time that in reality the margin there's just a higher margin there because you can produce so much more in the same amount yeah, of
1: time. Yeah, it feels like the closest thing I'll ever get to mass produce items because of you know, how many realistically I could make in a day or an hour. And some of the things... So what we haven't talked about is the, also the resin things that I've added. But th- that's an interesting addition because the profit margins are there for sure and in time. However, it's weird because resin needs literally 24 to 36 hours to cure. And so, even though I'm not having to do anything in that window, I can't make more in that window. And so it's it's a weird it's a weird thing to juggle of like because I made the It wasn't a mistake because I still did it in enough time, but I had so much stress for 2 weeks because I I didn't oversell, but I definitely sold more than I thought I would of a thing. And just like any other, you know, you sent me that TikTok the other day of the person who was continuing to make sales on an item that she didn't have the shipment yet in her house. That's literally how I felt because there there, there was one piece I had to order. So the, the item I'm talking about were my resin three-tier jewelry containers. And so I would make the container... But in order for the container to be assembled, there is a plastic rod that slides down the back. And I don't make that plastic rod. I have to buy it. Well, I was buying it from a couple of sources and it was a whole <laughs> shit show, but I was waiting on a shipment of plastic rods. And that was the 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 thing that was preventing me from shipping out so many of those containers. And I still wasn't even done where it was like, okay, I have, I can't even remember how many I sold. I mean... T- a little less than a hundred, but so many of these to make, okay, well I can make four at a time right now, but I have more molds coming. So then I'll be able to make like 12 at a time, but I'm still waiting on rods, but they're still
0: not cured. So I still
1: can't ship them, but I still don't have rods. Like it was just this like,
0: well, not to mention, and this just stresses me out watching it because what I think a lot of people don't realize is resin is, Toxic. So oh, toxic. <laughs> and like it, it literally it, it can kill you over time. And so like the amount of like PPE you have to have to like oh produce God. the thing. I worry for you when you start doing larger batches, like the additional like ventilation required. Yeah. And then and,
1: and I won't. And that's the thing too, is like, okay charm bracelets to me. And the reason why I do want to focus my marketing to to integrate them in a better way is, is because they are the, the easiest, safest, quickest, highest profit mark, like across the board product that I could offer. They don't take 36 hours to sit there and be done. Like I, if you buy one today, I could possibly ship it today, like so easy and so great. With resin, I one hundred percent will have to create a cap on. Yes, I could make as many as resin provides, but I don't want to, and I don't want it to ever come be like I have to make a hundred pieces for you know the, today, and continue that for a whole month or whatever. Because that will, I don't. I'm not adding ventilation to my house. I'm not.
0: I'm not doing. I'm not doing that. So well, and I, I would. This is, again, this is a margins conversation. I think you get to a point where if you can sell that many, do you keep making it yourself or do you source it? Right. And you have... But here's,
1: here, this is a whole other conversation. I feel like this is like a whole other episode. But, and maybe this is just me being in my head about it. I feel like a big reason why my customers support me is because they're so amazed that it's handmade. And the conversations I have with people where they're like, sorry, if you guys heard that, that was my dog burping. (laughs) Um, It was not me, I promise. (laughs) The conversations I have with my customers and people who are like, like, it's amazing because it's handmade. And like, everything is because it's handmade. You made that. I can't believe that you made that. And so it's just a different world when you're like, okay, yeah, I I designed that or yeah, I picked the colors, but I didn't make it.
0: I think that's a... A psychology thing you're just gonna have to get over. I don't disagree. Some of the stuff you make, I'm like, literally, what? Like, it's definitely mind blowing for sure. But, you know, when I started down this road, creating art, even if you produce it digitally and like give it to someone digitally. I do think because they don't, like, receive it in the mail or, like, see you paint it or see – if they don't see you rolling out the clay, so to speak. I do think there's something lost in translation of, like, how much work and time and effort went into producing a piece. But I think of friends like Rachel – Rachel been on the show. She is in – what. I would consider. I don't, I wouldn't even call it semi handmade. It's like designed by kind of. Thing. Yeah. She's doing all the hand calligraphy, but then producing it on products that are like. I wouldn't say ready made. to me. Like I'm like girl. That was so smart of you. <laughs> but to me, that's what this is, and yeah. that's where yeah. I, you're gonna have to get over yourself a bit <laughs> on some of the things like could you ser- sell those three tiered trays forever i don't know but like could you sell 250 of them and it's worth shipping them from somewhere else probably so do i think you'd sell less because you didn't make no like i really don't i think if they're cool enough unique enough you source them you th- you thought about the design you thought about what you want it to look like i think it's sort of like saying as ridiculous as this sounds oh well that couch, so-and-so designed, I don't want it because she didn't make it. What? Yeah, you do. 100% you do because you respect the designer. You respect their well, that's just
1: creativity. You know, that's a whole other rabbit hole in world of, of sourcing distribution for something. And Because I, I would take that what I've made and there are 100% tweaks I want to do to it to make it mine and make it better and make it even nicer like has me excited about doing that but I yeah I I do think I could I could continue to sell those even if I wasn't making them they probably wouldn't be resin they would probably be plastic or acrylic if anyone knows any distribution connections (laughs) no
0: no for sure actually I should I I hope I can find it again I saw this woman talking about sourcing you know. it's like like you said mm-hmm. it is like learning another language another yeah. business I
1: can talk with she's done a lot of research for her best today guides
0: yeah that that stuff and, and then it changes so dramatically by category so like sourcing for printing versus sourcing for like Producing a uh, bag versus it, right? producing a glass object. Like the manufacturers change entirely depending on the materials used and what the production process looks like. So, anyway, I could, I could I'd now love I'm just to get sell more things
1: in my shop.
0: <laughs> no, I do too. And that's the part where I'm like, okay, the deep, wide thing. Like for you, you're kind of, in my opinion, about as deep as you can go, could you sell more quantities of your earring? Sure, but like, I don't necessarily see that specific product getting, okay, quantities, like I said, sure, but like, you're not going to sell more than 20 designs at any one time. And so, like, th- that just is what it is. And so, the only way to like blow it up is to widen the categories you're talking about. And, You've done the ones, obviously, that are the easiest for you to add on based on the the actual physical, like, supplies you already have. Like, why would you add something that's not made from the same things? Right. Right. You have resin earrings. So, right. like, making yeah, resin anything resin. else. I
1: already understood it. I'm not going to now go buy an acrylic printer. Yeah. Which people have. But I, I didn't know
0: that's I always thought of molds for acrylic. I didn't know they printed
1: Yeah, so you too. can you buy like acrylic sheets and you ha- it's basically a laser cutter, laser printer, and it cuts out shapes in your sheets of acrylic.
0: And then you'd like glue walls together. Yeah, I don't there?
1: I don't think you could necessarily make a 3D element in that way because the concept of, that I would want is to have it poured into a mold so it's sure. seamless. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't even know.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, and it's just like a whole other medium. You know, when I started thinking about a shop edition, you guys, I've, I've talked about having a shop for freaking years and oh, I can continue- up
1: about it. I'm like,
0: finally, you have your shop and you're not even selling a physical product. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but the reason I did that at the end of the day was it was like, Timeline to get product to market. And I'm using every piece of knowledge I already have. I didn't have to go learn a whole bunch of shit to put it out there. And this is what we teach you guys inside Strategy Academy. We're like, what do you already know? What could you do today, like the back of your hand? I could sell digital goods all day long. I just chose a completely new category that I'd never sold digital goods in. Do I want to do all the other things? Yes. But I need to learn a whole bunch of shit before I go there.
1: Well, and prove concepts. Yeah. That's a whole part of the process.
0: Yeah. Do I have enough of a market to even explore other products yet? I don't know. I have no idea how it'll go. I mean, I definitely feel validation. I walked into... I don't know if she listens to the show. She might. I walked into Pink Antlers. And my sister was with me, and she's like, "Are you the sister?" Which I really hope people don't do that to my sister. She hates that. Call her her name, okay? You're not Abby's sister. She literally went to a different high school to avoid being called Abby's sister one more time. Anyway, she was really receptive. She'd already been. She's a local boutique who I super respect. The kinds of products she has in her shop. She's already following and paying attention, already interested in like carrying some things. And it's just like, well, shit, we haven't even put it out there yet. And like talk about validation that we're like going down the right path, but also she's one person. So like people can tell you all the things. If they pull out their wallet, it's a different story. Yeah. Well,
1: and wholesale is a completely, that's a different thing too. A literal different beast. For sure. I hate it.
0: You hate it. It'd be easier for your thing for 100% sure. I well, and that, I that's the it. thing is like I might consider selling physical prints on a wholesale basis, right? Before I would consider selling physical prints online,
1: right? No, that which I probably sense. will. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, if anything, you guys, I think this. I hope this served as literally just like a a peek in the brain of the thoughts that go through our head, and even the strategies that kind of come up with just talking out loud with someone about what you've got going on. And I hope that this kind of this episode, but also our community can serve as that sounding board for you guys, because it's so, so necessary to talk out the things and have someone else poke holes in it and offer different suggestions and inspire you and push back with you. And you had sent me that thing on Instagram weeks ago, and it was like, find someone who will you know, tell you that doesn't make sense or think of it this way or whatever. And you send it to me and you were like, sometimes that makes me really uncomfortable, but I really appreciate you for doing it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I
0: know. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, you definitely need those people in your life because the cool part is when they're there, they push you not only to be better people, but to really grow yourself as a person. And I think so often we can find people that will just validate shit that you didn't really need validated and that's not helpful in the grand of things. It. Like
1: go find those people when you're like lacking confidence, you know, there's, there's definitely like, like the- your mom, like your mom and right. people in my corner. I'm just like, what do you think? Oh my God, it's the best thing I've ever seen. Like get that high, but then also have someone who's like, what about this? What about that?
0: Yeah. You need both.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, seriously, if you know distribution, hit me up on Instagram. <laughs> Thanks.
0: Well, and, and while we're at yeah. it, quick plug. So you guys can go check it out. Yes, definitely follow both of our personal Instagrams at Abigail Says and at Emily Says. But if you want to check out our products, it's emilywilliams.com or my new shop is at fawnprintco.com. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our Creative Template Shop membership. With thousands of easy-to-customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics, we make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.